Hey friends, it is time for the Oscars, when we love the Oscars, especially when they're held at a train station. Uh, so, this this year, this, this, this Patreon episode, this Patreon episode, if you're a member of uh, Patreon at the old Lucy level or above, we are doing a bracket. The bracket is the weirdest Oscar moments. Ray and I will see which moment out of all the awkward moments that have happened at the Academy Awards will be crowned the weirdest Oscar moment. But the only way you can hear what we choose as the winner is by going on to patreon.com, becoming a member of the old Lucy level or above. And we also give you a bracket to download for you to play with the friends, the family, the kids. It's for free. It's for free. Well, well we have to join Patreon for more. But, yeah, but the, the download is a free download. All right, cameras up. Frank, do your mark. Not, not now, Tilly. Hit the lights, okay? Thank you. All right, we're going live in five, four, three, two. Are we on? Yes, you're on. We're on. Oh, hello there, dearest of listeners. Public access television. There's nothing like it. It was the best place to find average Joes before the advent of YouTube. You know that neighbor of yours that posts all of those Frank Sinatra karaoke covers on YouTube? Well, before he was showing off his talents on YouTube, he was showing them off on public access. More specifically, the big-haired New York-based talent show Stairway to Stardom. Stairway to Stardom with Frank Massey on this week's This Was a Thing. Are we off? Keep going. You know, just keep vamp, vamp, vamp. Uh, our first performer to... I don't think they, they're here yet. Oh, Jesus. Uh, do we have commercials on this thing? Uh, no, it's public access. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, Tilly? This was a thing. Whoa. This was a thing. The movie cruising with Al Pacino. Whoa! Cabbage Patch dolls and Teddy Ruxpin. McRib and Cher Spoonstruck. Oscar win. That was a thing. This was a thing. Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we are looking at Stairway to Stardom. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too. Now, this was a thing because before TikTok and before YouTube and before MySpace, there was really only one way for aspiring artists to let the world know that you were a star. Public access television and the crown jewel of public access television new york city's very own stairway to stardom now for those of you who might be too young to remember public access let's take a look at what it was and how its mission strayed so quickly you see television audiences in the 1960s thought that television was not airing enough educational programming and that the interests of the community were not being served 
I think Mr. Ed is quite educational. He's a horse. He talks. He's intelligent. I'm learning something. He's educational. He is educational. Not a lot of people know this, but Mr. Ed received his PhD in sociology from Columbia. No, it's true. And at the same time the people were complaining about these things, cable was being utilized to get television out to those living in areas where they might be struggling with the antenna service, right? Well, luckily in 1972, the FCC mandated that the top 100 cable markets offer up at least two channels for public educational, and government interest. And we call these the PEG channels. Pegging. So I was going to say, so back then, if you said you had been pegged, you probably learned something about your local city council. Manhattan was served by two cable providers. They were called Sterling and Teleprompter. Now, Sterling and Teleprompter both were required to provide two channels for public use. And here's what else they had to provide. Free Studio access. I like free. Equipment. I like equipment. Training. Love training. All of that. All of it. No charge. What? Right? Advertising could not be allowed on public access. And content restrictions could not be allowed on public access. So all you had to do was go down to your local public access station, request a time slot, and you got a show and a crew, and you could talk about whatever you wanted for about half an hour or an hour. It's that easy, folks. It's just that easy. The hope being that people would get on and say, hello, people in Albany. Let's talk to you about issues that are going on in Albany. Hello, people in Tacoma. Let's talk about things that are going on in Tacoma. Rob is much better at speaking than most people on public access, though. That's the thing. Thank you so much, Ray. I'm touched. Now, there were so many shows on public access, if you remember. And like I said, they all are reflecting and celebrating what's supposed to be going on in your community. You can go to go to Sioux City, Iowa, and you can get on a show all about how to purchase the best tractor. Hosted by Sue. <laughs> Hosted by Sue and her cow. You head to San Francisco and you can hear how JFK was still alive and living in Sri Lanka. There was a TV show in the South for Bible readings. And then you can go up north to watch a show about why the Red Sox suck. But what about entertainment? Good old-fashioned variety show entertainment who is going to fill that hole for us in our programming well enter singer frank massey kiss today goodbye the sweetness and the sorrow we did what we had to do I can't regret what I did for love, what I did for love. Look, my eyes are dry. He looks like he's about to take my order. <laughs> Frank in this clip, yes, is dressed like a server. And when he sings and holds a note, it's like he's trying to pinch one out. That was Frank Massey singing because Frank was a singer, a singer with a song in his heart and an idea in his mind, a mind that resided under the best skunk fro you have ever seen. Now, if you have never seen Frank, he's that little Italian guy with a mustache who comes up to you at the Feast of San Gennaro to pull a quarter out from behind your ear and then clams up when anyone asks if they know where Nicky the Rat is. <laughs> Frank is making the rounds at various tri-state area nightclubs, bars, and airport lounges in the mid-1970s when he meets a woman by the name of Evie 
day. They immediately bond with each other because they both love nostalgia. Nostalgia. And they only sing 40 songs in their acts. And I kind of think that even like Doris Day is pushing their limits a little bit. We don't want to get into that crazy stuff. (laughs) Evie, I should say, is a huge nostalgia fan that she not only plays clarinet like Benny Goodman, she wrote a song about the joys of nostalgia, (laughs) which is called Nostalgia. Here's Evie. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. What a wonderful word is nostalgia. Why do those old-time movies give us such a whack? And why does everything look better when you're looking back? Now, you might notice that Evie sings with a very pronounced New York accent. That's going to be a recurring theme in all of the music on Stairway to Stardom. But you see, the Hilton Lounge in Weehawken is just not getting Frank and Evie the kind of audiences that will boost them up the Stairway to Stardom. So Frank realizes there is a way he could be seen by every director, producer, and agent in New York City. Public access. Oh, yeah, baby. Remember, there's two public access providers. They each have to give two channels, and everyone has to be watching public access. Because you have to remember, folks, you didn't have a lot of options on television at this time. You had three networks, and then things like public access. So in 1979, Frank and Evie trot on down to New York's public access studios, Manhattan Cable TV, and they create... The Frank Massey Show, nay, the Frank Massey Show, Songs to Remember, nay, the Frank Massey Nostalgia Show, nay, the Frank Massey Nostalgia Hour, or that thing that's on with the old people singing. (laughs) Now, the structure of this show was always the same. Frank would come out, he would sing a song, usually a show tune or something of the day. Then Evie would sing. Then there would be what was called the Nostalgia Book where they would sing thematically about a topic. So, for example, if the topic was World War II, they would open up the nostalgia book, talk about World War II, and remember songs from the era. Then Frank and Evie would trade off singing different songs about the area, and each one was more interesting than the last, and this went on for about 10 minutes. Then they'd bring on a guest, and the guest would sing a song also revolving whatever the theme was. World War II, Benny Goodman, clarinets, Broadway, World War II, World War II, World War II. And then the guest of honor had the incredible luxury and pleasure of getting to sing with Frank Massey. And then there's a change, a change I can't prove, but I can only write about in my Stairway to Stardom fan fiction on Reddit. Only a year later, Evie is gone, and she only appears in pre-recorded segments. And the new co-host is Tilly Massey, Frank's wife. And I think Tilly was jealous of Evie. Now, Tilly looks like she would rather be anywhere but there when she's hosting the show, but she has to protect her man from Evie and that clarinet. You got away from him. You got away from him, dear. Now, Frank, realizing how hard it is for young and upcoming performers to be seen, Amen. decides to make the show, he didn't have podcasts, decides to make <laughs> the show a springboard for all these great talents because agents and producers are going to be watching public access. And originally, Frank charges them to be on the show, and then he stops that. He has a few rules. No, you have to do the show. You have to audition. Has to be family friendly. Can't use any foul language. Okay. And don't bring any of that dope around here. (laughs) Remember that, because that's going to play a point a little bit later. And Frank, (laughs) 
out of his own pocket, hires a small combo band known as the uh, Hal Green Trio. Love Hal. And Hal Green is the drummer of the trio. He's the head of the trio. And he looks like an exhausted J.K. Simmons. (laughs) Hal Green looks like he had a lobotomy, but is still able to keep rhythm. And I think Hal actually is kind of aware of what's going on around him, but doesn't want to let on. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to lose the gig. Look, I ain't got nothing else to do. It's close to my subway stop. They provide the drums. I provide the sticks. Hal's here. <laughs> the set for Stairway to Stardom looks like a Long Island rec room mm. with a shag carpeting, drywall, potted plants. Oh, and Frank also changes the name of the show. It's not going to be the Frank Massey Show, Frank Massey Nostalgia Hour. No? Frank Massey looks back on time. Hey, where's Evie? It's called now Stairway. To stardom. Oh, that's catchy. And Frank sings the most pessimistic theme song in the history of television with his first version of the Stairway to Stardom theme song. There's a long way to go on the stairway to stardom. And you'll fight for each step that you take, cause that's the price you pay. Down the stairway to stardom You can't ever allow anything to stand in your way Never think of the... So needless to say, this is not a very optimistic look (laughs) at the entertainment industry. And luckily, Frank has a band that comes on Stairway to Stardom all the time called All the King's Men. Oh, they are great. And they all look like extras from The Sopranos. And you know they played like all the greatest weddings and bar mitzvahs in Long Island. And they say to him, can we write you a new theme song? They do. And here's the new theme song. Uh, Introducing the show, you'll hear two girls... And just listen to their pronunciation because this is really what you're going to hear on Stairway to Stardom pretty much for the rest of its run. I love uh, this. This gets it's stuck in my head song. every once in a while. Here we go. Good job, all the King's men. On the Stairway to Stardom, you see tomorrow's stars today. On the Stairway to Stardom, we're here to brighten up your day. Got singers and dancers and actors performing for you. But there's more, so much more, and it's all right here for you. On the stairway to stardom. And with this new theme song, new show (laughs) format, and new co-host, Stairway to Stardom changes the face of public access. See, unlike other variety shows at the time, which was which were on network television with their sleekness and their polish stairway to stardom is a welcomed breath of fresh air there is no audience except those waiting to go on and because other shows are using the studios you can't rehearse anything test sound levels it's being recorded uh, live to broadcast and the amateur directors randomly throw up split screens crossfade squiggly lines (laughs) with as much abandon as nancy reagan buying white house china See, that's an 80s joke that would have gotten a big laugh during Stairway to Stardom. Uh, But I get it. And for 14 years, Frank, Tilly, Hal Green, and the good folks at Manhattan Cable TV showcase some of the most incredible individuals who think their talent must be seen by the world. What I love is that each genuinely believes this show will springboard them to something better. And what's so charming, and what we really don't have today, is that Frank and Tilly genuinely believe in each of these people, and that belief makes them perform with even more confidence. The performers are 
all ages, genders, ethnicities, and talents, but the one thing that keeps it consistent is their thick New York accents. You have not lived until you have heard Why Do Fools Fall in Love, as sung by Bronx teenagers whose families you know are gathered around their Zenith TV and holding their Virgin Mary candles, praying they hit at least one note. And then you had stand-ups like Alvia, who was the uh, grandson, I believe, or great-grandson of Pancho Villa. He's got leadership in his blood. Here's Alvia. No, it's true. Uh, my, uh, my granduncle was Pancho Villa. He was a hero, you know. I, uh, I could be a hero myself, but I don't look too good between two pieces of bread. <laughs> no, it's good to say there's some more ugly folks here in the room besides myself. No kidding, there's some ugly folks here tonight. If you don't believe me, look next to you. Go ahead, take a chance. No, no, there's two guys over there. Alvia! That's the name of our production company now, Ray, Alvia. Alvia Productions. Now, if you don't like stand-up and you don't like 60s doo-wop, don't worry. We got some show tunes for you. Here's Jimmy, I think it might be Jerry Seinfeld, Schwartzman. Fun fact about Jimmy Schwartzman, Colin Quinn's cousin. Is that true? Yes. What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Come to the cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. Put down the knitting, the book, and the broom. Come hear the music play. Jimmy is staring at the piano like he has no idea that he was supposed to sing. You know what Jimmy Schwartzman looks like? Who? No, not who. What? He looks like he looks like he should be sitting on someone's lap as a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> His suit is just a little too tight. His tie is just a little t- bit too small. And I don't know. He just he seems like he's going to be puppeted by someone. There were dancers like Melissa Ann Ledwan, who wrapped herself in mylar curtains, stapled silver Christmas bows to her shoes, and tapped to they're playing our song. There were magicians like Jerry Callanan, whose tricks are not only blatantly obvious, he does all of them outside of the camera range. <laughs> He also has a frightened bird materialize, and the bird rests on Jerry's lavalier microphone and flaps in terror. Oh, my God. And then, of course, a personal favorite, Wayne Rubin, the impressionist who can't remember who he's impersonating. The wonderful website, TV Games, divides Stairway to Stardom participants into four categories. Uh, The first one is genuinely good acts. And for that, I would put somebody like Joe Rafano, a cute little 13-year-old boy who chooses to sing the wonderful song... Lady in Red. I have been blind, Lady in Red. He's dancing with me, cheek to cheek. There's nobody here. It's just you and me. 
good. Then there's competent but unmemorable. And I think Horowitz and Spectre would fall into oh, I this love Horowitz category. And Spectre. Horowitz and Spectre, it is rumored that they were the inspiration for the Sweeney sisters on SNL, the two sisters that go around and sing at Bad Lounge Acts. They wrote their own songs and then performed them. This is them wearing gold and silver lame, 80s outfits and headbands to sing a song about the joys of dieting. Our diet doctor's gonna cringe, but we're committed to this binge. That skinny SOB is too demanding. I'm quitting my aerobics class and opting for a flabby ass. Who cares if my dimensions are expanding? Let's have some fudge, brownies, and caramel custard thick cheesecake. With then there's uncomfortably bad. Now, do you remember the rule Frank Massey had? No drugs. No drugs, folks. As I understand it, this performer, Cheryl Klein, is the only performer who was never asked back to Stairway to Stardom. And, and here's, here's what happened, I think. Cheryl came onto the episode. She sang a song, and she looks sober while she sings it. Then she sits back down, and I kind of get the feeling I could be wrong, that somebody didn't show up, and they're like, can we vamp a little bit? And so Cheryl was like, I can do stand-up. I feel, though, that she did a bump. She also can do cocaine. She can also do cocaine. So this is Cheryl Klein from Stairway to Stardom. She's the only person never to have been asked back because I think Frank knew she was doing drugs. Anyway, no, I'm going to make it fine. If I don't make it here, honey, I'll go back to visit my mother in Miami because I got a letter from my father, a telegram yesterday. Come to Miami. I said, Daddy, I'm not coming to Miami. She drives me nuts. He said, Cheryl, your mother went to a change of life. She's going to start living hers instead of mine. <laughs> Now listen, my mother, well, maybe you know her, she's the queen of denial, the uh, love goddess of King's Highway, God bless this lady, but she identifies with major characters of the Bible, like last Thursday she had a Moses complex. You know how Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt? My mother had a similar experience, she led our family circle out of an A&S white sale. <laughs> I said, my, I have no room. So that's that's Cheryl Klein, folks. She was uncomfortably bad. Your asshole literally tightened. You can do kegels watching oh, Cheryl Klein. I was. And then they have what's known as surreal. And I think there are two performers who go under the surreal category. Uh, the first one I want to introduce you to is a woman by the name of Lucille Cataldo. <laughs> How would you describe what Lucille looks like, Mr. Hebel? Well, she's got a Dolph Lundgren haircut. She looks like Dolph Lundgren's little sister. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Lucille comes on and she has written a song that she is going to debut on the show and the song is called Hairdresser, Hairdresser Hairdresser, Hairdresser Hairdresser, would you set me up? Make a little wave or two Make me into something new Cause I am so blue I'll give you a chance and then there's a woman named Gloria Huddle. Uh, this is my favorite thing of all time. Which, if we were ever to make a movie of this, uh, I'm calling Allison Janney. Yes. So think of Allison Janney wearing a wonderful 80s outfit. This is Gloria Huddle with her song, which is a cover of the Manhattan Transfer's Operator. But Gloria believes in giving you a little acting beforehand. Oh, yeah. Two, three, operator. Information. Give me Jesus on the line. Operator. 
information. I'd like to speak to a friend of mine. Prayer is the number. Faith is the exchange. Heaven is the street. Jesus is his name. Operator. Information. Please give me Jesus on the line. Operator. Information. So that's Gloria Huddle. I would like to add a fifth category, if I may. Please. That category is, what was that, but can I see it again? Okay. Something so bad that you have to watch it over and over and over again. And uh, this clip has become very personal to me, and I will explain why afterwards. This is a woman named Precious Taft, and Precious Taft decided that she wanted to do a monologue. Now, I am in theater, and I don't know if this monologue is from a play or not. I've never heard it before, and I've never heard it since. But if it is from a play, I would love somebody to tell me. But I kind of have a feeling that Precious character, Precious Taft, wrote this on her own. This is Precious Taft's monologue. And she is crying, giving Viola Davis a run for her money. The thought of that child curdles me. And I... Oh, I... Oh, Lord! I only thank the benevolent God for being wiser than me. Because if a son existed now, I swear, I'd bash his brains against the goddamn radiator! That was beautiful, Precious. There is no greater line to anything in Stairway to Stardom, in my opinion, and that was beautiful, Precious. Because Frank is obviously now concerned for his life. He doesn't know if he's getting out of this studio alive. Oh, absolutely not. He doesn't know what the hell he just witnessed. So now, anytime I see anything bad, I just go, that was beautiful, Precious. And if people laugh, I'm like, you know what I'm talking about? Come sit by me. Uh, If you want to ever get me a shirt for my birthday, I would love a t-shirt that says... That was beautiful, Precious. You've been saying that to me a lot lately. Hey, friends, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, could you do us a favor? After you listen to today's episode, open up your podcast app and leave us a review, please. The more reviews we get, the more people will discover us, and the more people that discover us, the less lost we'll feel. You're good, buddy. It's okay. Uh, look, nothing has ever been easier to do. Just go ahead and grab a pen real quick. It's okay. We'll wait. Don't worry. Okay, head on over to your podcast app. Click those three dots in the lower right-hand corner. Click Go to Show. Scroll down till you see ratings and reviews, then leave us some stars and a comment or two so our parents know that it was worth all the tuition that they spent. And if you really love us, head on over to Patreon.com and send us some money, and in return, you will get access to merch, special episodes, bonus content, pictures of me shirtless. Okay, okay, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search This Was a Thing and help us out. But you know what? You've already helped us out today by listening to us, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you.
The real reason that you tune in to watch Stairway to Stardom, which had a new episode every other week or so at its height, was for two two reasons. One, you wanted to see if Frank would actually stop singing when the record would stop, because Frank often lip-synced to a lot of his music. Please watch his Old Man River, where he doesn't realize the album's going to cut out, and he keeps lip-syncing. <laughs> but Don Costello, you watch for Don Costello. Don Costello was the resident comedian who would work on bits with Frank as they drove together to the studios. Basically, he's doing this this drunk character who speaks in malaprops. He lip syncs to Menomina from the Muppets and then forgets to lip sync halfway through and just chooses to dance. He has a character (laughs) that he doesn't drag named Miss Bosoms. And uh, he's adorable. He's adorable. <laughs> I feel like I keep saying everything's my favorite, but he really it, is. You know, with Stairway to Stardom, it is, here is uh, Don Costello, poor man's Nathan Lane, giving you <laughs> his character now. of Miss Bosoms. Miss Bosoms. Oh, how lovely. How lovely you look, Miss Bosoms. Oh, no wonder men just fall at your feet. Uh huh. Tell me, tell me, Miss Bosoms, uh, uh, what do you uh, what do you look for in a man? Oh, I look for his watch and his wallet. <laughs> his watch and his wallet. That's right. Yes. Uh, Why is that? Well, I want to make sure he's got plenty of time and plenty of money. Oh, I see. Plenty of time. And plenty. Well, that stands to reason. Don is my favorite. Don is my favorite. And I love it because they're like, you know, Don's a professional comedian. And then one, they have Don come out and they're like, Don, now what have you done? And he's like, I was in Guys and Dolls. And they're like, and you, they kind of give the impression that he was like Guys and Dolls on Broadway. And you know that he was in like some community theater production. Rochester. In Rochester. Each episode would then end with Frank and Tilly. And Frank would say, God bless you. And then Tilly would say, love everyone. Say a little prayer for someone. And sometimes they would sing God bless America at the end because Frank is very spiritual and very patriotic. Amen, brother. What I love about Frank on these shows is how ecstatic he is. And you can see it on each episode. He is the quote, like, know-it-all kingmaker. And he tells everyone at the end of the episode, you know, you can contact me directly and I'll put you in touch with the talent. And you know that he would always slip his headshot in with everyone. Oh, absolutely. Sending. And you know, if you're if you're looking for someone uh, to be in this production of uh, Fences by August Wilson, <laughs> you know, this is me. Yeah, put, put, put me in there, too. Sometimes he would do live shows okay. to help get his talent off the box and into your hearts. Stairway was either on Friday or Saturday nights. And if you were home, drunk, stoned, whatever, you could watch it and you could giggle with your friends. If you could tape it, you would. Because remember, folks, on public access, it goes out, and then it's never seen again. It's just gone. And, and the studio's not keeping records of any yeah. of this. They're taping over other shows for to make room for new shows. So if you could tape it, you'd tape it, then you'd copy it, and you would send it to friends to be like, wait till you see what I'm seeing. And eventually, even though Stairway to Stardom was only shown in New York City, people in L.A., Chicago, and Europe knew about Frank Massey, Don Costello, <laughs> and their roster of artists then frank wants to see if he can get this show out to more people so he brings a tape of the show to new york city's channel five and the tape that he gives them of his show doesn't get returned for quite some time so he finally calls them it's like hey can i get my tape back and they said oh well actually the tape you dropped off is in california Somehow it got to California. And then they return the tape to him a few weeks later and they say, hey, thanks so much. And then Frank, months later, is at home watching television and this pops up 
on the screen. Catch the entertainment sensations on the million and a half dollar Star Search 86. The world's greatest talent competition. Join Ed McMahon and Hill Street's Michael Warren on The Showplace, where hot new performers match their talents in a fantastic race for fame. Don't miss this surprise-filled hour of the best in music and variety. Careers are being launched on the show that's discovering tomorrow's stars today. Star Search 86. Join Star Search tonight at 5 on TV 29. So Frank is saying that Ed McMahon from Star Search stole the idea of Stairway to Stardom and put it as his own and called it Star Search. Seems like something Ed McMahon would do. Ho, ho, a thief, yes, sir. (laughs) And sadly, the late 80s and early 90s were not kind to Stairway to Stardom or Frank Massey or even fashion (laughs) because Stairway now had competition. People were watching Star Search, which was glossier. The nostalgic audience was dying off and it's it's just hard to get to that top stair after a while. (laughs) Frank tried some different formats. He, He created a band called the obsessions where you know notes and pitch were optional oh, Jesus. He had on a lot of religious singers like i said before he got very religious but what really gets stairway to start him off the air unfortunately is that frank can't afford shelling out 500 dollars per episode anymore because not only did frank always pay the talent studios start to charge now for for using their space a little TV's bit expensive tv expensive and so he can't afford 500 dollars per episode because we have to remember frank was also a server this entire time that was frank's day job he was a server and in 1992 stairway to stardom by frank's own call goes off the air frank and tilly go into retirement and they're sitting on all these vhs tapes and then frank takes up painting and uh, tilly takes up making evie day voodoo dolls And one day they're sitting at home in Queens and the phone rings and it's a phone call that's not only going to save their lives, it's going to save our lives as well. Who calls them? You'll find out when we get back from (sighs) these messages. Rob! I know! This was a thing, this was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. Fifth Wednesday at 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Channel 10 presents Frank Massey Sings the Songs of Today for the Kids and Tilly. Featuring songs like that one song, Sexy and I Know It. When I walk into the spot, this is what they see. Everybody stops and they're staring at me. I got passion in my pants and I ain't afraid to show it, show it, show it. I'm sexy and I know it. He may be a boy from Philadelphia who relocated to New York City, but Frank Massey sure knows how to sing California Girls. And I'm not talking the Beach Boys one. I'm talking the one that that one girl sang. California girls, they're unforgettable. Daisy Dukes with bikinis on top. Sun kissing so hot they'll melt your popsicle. Frank Matthew is back for one final show on Channel 10. And he's not afraid to tell you that he intends to call you on your landline at home. Hey, how are ya? I just met ya. This actually might be a little bit crazy, but here's my telephone number. Why don't you call me, maybe? And don't think that just because Frank is now in his 80s 
that he's afraid to show you that he's still got a little one-two in his step. And it goes like this. Take me by the tongue and I'll show you. Kiss me till you're drunk and I'll show you. You got the moves like Mick Jagger. You got the moves like Mick Jagger. Oh yeah, I'm talking about that Mick Jagger. And don't think that Frank forgot about his Korean following. Hey there, sexy lady. Oh, oh, open that gingham style. Remember to set those VCRs because this will never be shown again. This Wednesday, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Channel 10, Channel 9 in Queens, Channel 8 in Brooklyn, Channel 7 in Trenton, Frank Massey sings the songs of today for the kids and Tilly. Immediately following Atheist Hour. Thank you. This was a sketch. So who calls Frank and Tilly? Collect. I gotta know. (laughs) The phone call is from a young geek, a person after my own heart. His name is Mitch Friedman. Here is Mitch telling the good guys at the Found Footage Festival how he contacted Frank Massey. We weren't filmmakers, but we said, we're making a documentary about public access uh, TV and we really enjoy your show. And is there any, you have any other footage that we might be able to see? Um, and he said, yeah, just come over and uh, I'll tell you what. So we went to his house in probably, I think it was maybe Bay Ridge in Brooklyn. It was like a, it was not an impressive, uh, uh, it was not an impressive place to live. Let's just say that. Yeah. And uh, he showed us, you know, Tilly was there, his wife and lovely co-host. And uh, he showed us that he had found uh, like 40 uh, uh, three-quarter inch, you know, umatic tapes. Yeah, yeah. Each one with an episode on it. And uh, that was only at 40 of them. So that's like 20 hours of stuff, I'd say. And we said, well, um, is this it? Is this all the shows you ever did? And he goes, no, uh, there were probably a hundred other shows, but I just recorded over them with these tapes. Oh, I, was ready to, I was ready to kill forever. him. Heartbreaking. Yeah, like, oh, don't tell But, you know, we had to settle for 20 hours of Stairway you, to Stardom. You, you were like, we're never going to finish this documentary now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, we, so we talked him into, like, letting us borrow half the tapes first. And we said, we're just going to screen them for a pos-. And we just borrowed them and dubbed every one of them. And then God, right? So basically, Mitch was at home one day and came across Stairway to Stardom on public access. He had never seen it before. He didn't have a VHS cassette to pop in the old VCR to record it. So he was like, I got to stay home next week and hopefully they'll play Stairway to Stardom again. And luckily, not only did they play it again the following week, but they played the exact same episode again. And according to Mitch, this episode was like the all-stars. It was Lucille Cataldo. It was Don Costello. It was it was all of them. And so he was able to record that, send that around, show that to people. But then he realized, I am so late to the Stairway to Stardom party, right? He's still at the bottom rung. Frank has, has, has moved on. So he comes up with this idea of saying he's going to make a documentary, doesn't really have any intention of doing so. He's going to make a documentary, and he wants to make the documentary on public access. Can he interview Frank about public access as well as Frank's history and get all the tapes from Stairway to Stardom? And, of course, Frank says, absolutely. Promo. For some cannolis, I believe. I think Mitch brought him cannolis for an exchange of the tapes. Take the tapes. Leave the cannolis. No, seriously. They, they, they Leave the cannolis. Yeah, like, seriously. So Mitch, thank God, made copies of all of these tapes and then created his own YouTube channel. Stairway to Stardom and put all the tapes back out there for 
the masses. And thank God he did that. Otherwise, we would never have seen Stairway to Stardom. We would never know anything about it. Oh, right? yeah. And so then Mitch starts to like, it fans the flames of the Stairway to Stardom renaissance, if you will. There's a 2006 event in New York where they show clips from the show, as well as bring back some of the folks to redo their numbers, including all the King's Men and Jimmy Schwartzman. Is this on YouTube? It is on YouTube. Uh-huh. And also Frank's interview with Mitch is also on YouTube uh-huh. as well. And it's, it's, it's lovely. It just shows what a nice guy Frank was. And then all of a sudden, people start to pick it up. People like the AV Club and Reddit and NPR, even NPR, wow. does a story. Uh, here's a little bit from the NPR interview. Back in the 1980s, New York's Manhattan Public Access Television aired a do-it-yourself talent show called Stairway to Stardom. This no-budget precursor to Star Search and American Idol might have gone the way of most public access TV shows that is quickly forgotten. But a few devoted fans kept the show alive, trading tapes, and eventually posting clips on the web. Producer Jennifer Sharp. And luckily, Frank got to see all the joy that he brought to so many people before he passed away in 2013 at the age of 88. And boy, he brought a lot of joy to people, not just us, but people like Alec Baldwin and John C. Riley and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Bjork. And, and I hope that Bjork will cover Hairdresser on a subsequent album. Hairdresser. Hairdresser. My birthday, Raymond, was Stairway to Stardom themed oh i was frank massey you were eight years old i was eight years, no uh it was a couple of years ago and i had to and everyone uh, came dressed as their favorite stairway to stardom character and they then had to do the talent that was on the stairway okay. to stardom show and it was a hoot and a half to say the least <laughs> and today i think one of the things that makes stairway to stardom stand out is one yes it is a very funny time capsule of new york of the 80s, of the fact that the only songs existing at this time apparently were all written from the song movie Fame. That soundtrack's going to live forever. And we can watch it when we're having a bad day and go, oh my God, they can't sing and they take themselves so seriously and they all think they're so wonderful. But I would love for us to remember Stairway to Stardom and remember why it was a thing for a different reason. And that's because it's about optimism. Yes, some people will say that Stairway to Stardom encouraged star search and that encouraged american idol and america's got talent but i think one of the main reasons that we watch a lot of these talent shows today yes it's fun to discover new talent but also we also get some sort of perverse joy i think about watching people not doing a good job and what's different from stairway to stardom to say something like american idol is on american idol we're waiting for simon cowell to say something rude we're waiting for somebody to insult the singers what's the best quip we can come with to demean someone's talent and you never see that on stairway to stardom frank massey thinks each of these people are absolutely brilliant and they are all going to be the next big stars and he treats them with such kindness i only saw frank once make a joke to somebody who didn't do a good job a kid who god bless him just was like nowhere near the pitch he needed to be and frank said uh, you probably sound much better in the shower don't you and it's sweet but I'm sure Frank probably brought that kid back on again. And that kid attacked Frank right after. Son of a bitch, Frank. (laughs) But it's about optimism, I think. It's about optimism. And I really, really appreciate that. If you want to be a star today, all you simply got to do is point your camera at you or maybe start a podcast. And back then, it required work. It required reaching out to Frank, picking your material, getting live music. The star maker. The star maker going down there and hoping to God that you would be seen. Now, a question that always comes up a lot is, did anyone actually become successful from Stairway to Stardom? And the answer is no. The closest is there's a gentleman by the name of A.J. Suila. He danced on the show, and then he became a Broadway choreographer. Oh. And so that's the one. 
so yes, we can laugh at it and we can, we can, like, like we have been doing today. Yes. God knows. And I'm sure there's, you know, stuff of us out there that we're like, oh my God, I can't believe we did that. I'm so embarrassed. But this is a special one. Stairway to Stardom is a special one. And I think Frank Massey is a special one. And it is a thing. It is a thing oh, because, hell yeah, it is. you know, public access wasn't around. We don't have public access so much anymore. So next time you get onto Snapchat, Vine, Instagram, Twitter, to sh- YouTube, to show your talents, raise a glass. The Frank Massey. Amen. I think it's time to play a game. Okay. This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz. With Mark Schroeder. Stairway to Stardom. I have to admit that that Rob was the one who introduced me to Stairway to Stardom. Oh, that makes me so happy. I've been in groups of people where nobody else has known it but me and the person is told this to a group of people and I'm like, I know, I know this, but I'm gonna pretend like I don't because it's such a great thing to discover. Oh. But Rob was the one. Well, same with me and Mark. I, I was talking to him and I think he's probably over in time with people showing other people. Like at over a thousand people have seen Stairway to Stardom from Rob planting it. I'm obsessed with Frank Massey. Oh yeah. I don't know what to say. It makes me, it puts a smile in my heart. Well, as much as I love Stairway to Stardom, uh, we all have to admit that Star Search basically stole its thunder. It that is correct. Much more well known as you that covered. It's a it's a tragic story, a little grassroots campaign that was just smashed by the big time competitors. Gone. Well, I couldn't come up with some fun trivia about Stairway to Start, and we're going to do a little Star Search here. Okay. Oh yeah. So okay. It was massively influenced, obviously. So I'm going to list off some famous people who once appeared on Star Search, and you'll work together to determine if this famous person won or lost their premiere episode. Before we begin, can I ask, was your dad ever on Star Search, Ray? No. Tell everyone what your dad does. He's an Elvis impersonator and a teacher, <laughs> but uh, he wears a wig and sideburns. But uh, yeah, he's been doing it since 1972. Uh, we'll discuss it more in a future episode. Stay tuned. <laughs> Strap <laughs> in. Okay, so we've got 10 well-known competitors of Star Search. See if they had the juice to win or if they were booed right off the goddamn stage and had to pick their pieces to, up to form some semblance of a career. Let's start off with uh, Justin Timberlake, JT. Justin Timberlake, when he competed, how'd he do? Solo. I mean, I feel like he has to uh, win. I don't think he went on. He did. These all, all these oh, you people, know this? All these people uh, yeah, did I know go on. Not, uh, yeah, these people did compete. I mean, I don't think he won his episode. Is that what you're asking us? Yes. Did he win his episode? I thought he did win. I would assume that he did not. You, you make the call. You yeah, know more about him. Let's go with he did not. He did not. He yeah. lost. See? He lost his first episode. Had that really country looking look. Which yeah, was he really was real. Hair. Yeah, big hat. And That's Academy Award Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Question number two. Leanne Rimes. Lovely country singer I Leanne Rimes. I think she won because that would have been the th- she won and catapulted her. She won and it did catapult her. You're Boom. absolutely right. Two for two, y'all. Britney Spears. I feel like she won. And if she didn't, free Britney. Yeah. Free Britney, indeed. She lost. Ed McMahon also uh, was entered into a conservatorship. It was her, was her first conservator. So <laughs> she lost. Everybody got invested into publisher's clearing. Yeah. <laughs> those, those people in the Midwest that got $25 million checks, those were all, that's, that's Britney's money. That's all, that's all Britney money. <laughs> yeah. So that's the real problem here. Where's the documentary about that? Kevin James, the mall cop himself, Mr. Paul Blart. Kevin James. God, I want to see this this appearance. I know Ray Romano did. I feel like Kevin James, I want to say he won. Yeah. Kevin James took it home. Kevin James yeah, won. Okay. Kevin James won Star Search. Just say that sentence. Paul Blart 
Mall Cop. He, look, that's a better sentence. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry's very own. Well, look, the, the numbers don't lie. Kevin James is very popular. He is. He might not be your taste. He might not be my taste. But the numbers don't lie. I loved him on King of Queens. I'll say this. He, in his like early 2000s stand-up bit, he has a thing about muffins. That's very funny. Okay. All right. Brad Garrett competed on Star Search. I think he won. I feel like he won. Yeah, he was a pretty successful stand-up. He was, and he won. Brad Garrett won Star Search. Not as much of a shock as Kevin James won Star Search, and I don't know why. Rosie O'Donnell. How'd Rosie do? I think she was on. I don't think she won. I'll go with that. Rosie won. Oh. Rosie won some Star Search. Sorry, Rosie. Alanis Morissette. Miss Ironic herself. On but didn't win. I feel like that's the ironic thing. Ironically, she lost on Star yeah. That's what the song's about. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Drew Carey, current host of The Price is Right. I feel like he won. He must have won. Drew Carey lost. Really? Drew Carey lost Star Do you know who, who he lost to? Uh, Brad Garrett. No, I don't know. Brad <laughs> Carrie Drew. He lost uh, Jim and Mariah in a uh, tandem <laughs> carry act. Craig Ferguson. He lost to Craig Ferguson. Jenny Jones, former television talk show host. I think she won. And I think it was, wasn't it like a spokesperson competition? Wasn't that the category? What? There used to be a spokesperson category. Seriously. I think she won. Jenny Jones won. And I don't have the data. <laughs> on what the category was, but I'm really hoping it was uh, a spokesperson. The category is spokesperson realness <laughs> on RuPaul. Beat your face, honey. <laughs> As you walk down with this Listerine <laughs> and tell us why it's so good on RuPaul's Star Search. And that is Ed McMahon in drag, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that, Ed McMahon yeah, doing yeah. that? Yeah. With the glasses on still. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Tux glasses, but just a, a big wig. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Usher. Usher. Sex man Usher. I don't think he's known as sex man. I Part just... owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. On but didn't win. Yeah, I feel like. On but didn't didn't Probably win. didn't win. On but did not win. Okay. Yeah. You're correct. You guys were pretty darn good at this. And that's actually how he got his name, because when he lost, he started cleaning up the aisles. There's the door. Uh, would you mind picking up some trash <laughs> in your exactly. way? Yeah. And that's it. Those are the people. Any surprises in there? Who'd you think? Uh... I'm upset that I, I assumed that Rosie O'Donnell didn't win. I thought I read that somewhere, but... She must have. She was she was a big success from Star Search. You know who's someone that did lo- lose that is still crazy to me? Chappelle. Dave Chappelle lost. Right. On yeah, really? He came, he came yeah. up on the, yeah. When he was research. like 17. Yeah. Let's hypothesize for a second. Do you think Frank Massey from Stairway to Stardom would have won had he been on Star Search? Mm. Absolutely. He's a spokesperson for everything. Don Costello versus Britney Spears. <laughs> who would have won? Well, sorry, Britney. Uh, you did great, but... Uh... Don Costello. Now, uh, Britney's a, a multi-billionaire uh, recording artist, and uh, Don is going to be playing Big Jewel in Guys and Dolls at the Weehawken Community Theater, so make sure to check them both out. What was his female character? Miss Bosom. Miss Bosom. Miss Bosom Shantae, you stay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Tell us what, some of your favorite Stairway to Stardom clips. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mark, thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, see you all soon on the Stairway to stardom going down (laughs) thanks for listening to this was a thing and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running our editor daniel cut cut schwartzberg our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese. Our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford. Our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing Too Graphic DeSavia. And finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. 
If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 